Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Brian Briscoe. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Hey, thanks, Whitney. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, uh, honored to have you on the show. Just getting to know you a little bit over the last, what, year or two? Has it been two years now? I can't... We we met at uh, Michael Blanc's uh, Dealmaker Live, I want to say November 2018. So, okay. almost two years. Wow. Lots happened since then for both of us. Uh, but uh, a little about Brian, in case you haven't heard of him before. He's the co-founder and principal at Four Oaks Capital, which just closed on its fourth acquisition in the last nine months. That's impressive. Brian is a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Marines, which is also impressive. Thank you for your your service, Brian. Always grateful for those that are serving. Uh, he's been active duty since September 11th and will retire next summer with 20 years of honorable service. Brian is co-host of the exciting new podcast, Diary of an Apartment Investor, which can be found on iTunes and all major podcast apps. So, Brian, you know, fill in the gaps a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your your syndication journey, getting to that, you know, that first deal is always the hardest, right? Tell us a little bit about your background, why real estate and why this business? You know, it sounds cliche, but the first thing that really keyed me on was, was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was probably, you know, early 2000s that I read the book, you know, cash flow, that one and then cash flow quadrant. And I really liked the idea of passive income, you know, but, uh, you know, at the time I was, I was mid twenties and had never been exposed to, to any, anything like this. You know, my, my dad was a W2 blue collar worker his whole life. And, you know, so the only thing I could really wrap my head around was, was single family, you know, so I was in Okinawa at the time and, you know, stationed at. Marine Corps Air Station, Futama, moved to San Diego. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy a house, you know, start my passive income, start this whole rich dad, poor dad way to wealth. San Diego at the time, you know, prices were ridiculous. And, you know, fortunately, I was smart enough to realize that, you know, there was such a big imbalance between, you know, purchase price and rentals that I bought in Salt Lake City instead. So over the course of several years, you know, 10, 10, 12 years or so, you know, I had accumulated a handful of small single family. And it kind of hit a pause button because, you know, I had deployed a couple of times, you lived overseas a couple of times. And then in one day, you know, one deployment actually, where I had a lot of extra time on my hands, you know, I was able to really sit back and think about the future. And I realized, you know, I've got, you know, only a couple of years till I'm eligible to retire. I need to, I need to do something, you know, and, you know, started reading more and more books on real estate, formulating a plan. And, you know, finally, you know, pulled one up that, starts, that talked about multifamily and it just immediately clicked. You know, the ability to scale was there. You know, it wasn't, you know, one or two houses a year like I thought I could do. It was, you know, buy one, get 50, you know. So I started really focusing my my education on exactly that multifamily. You know, this would have been, you know, early 2017 timeframe. And, you know, I knew the Marine Corps would move me in summer 2018 so I decided to wait. Looking back, I wish I would have just done something then to take action, but I decided to wait to figure out where I was going to be. The whole time I'm, I'm reading books, I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm just uh, getting as much knowledge as I can. You know, fast forward summer 2018, you know, I moved to the DC area. I'm working at the Pentagon right now and you will be for the, the, the next year. 
but started jumping in, just jumped in with both feet into it. You know, I, I, I bought, uh, you know, Michael Blanc's online course. You went to DealMaker Live, as, as I mentioned. And that, that event for me, I mean, it just opened my eyes to the possibility. And I walked out of there with so much excitement and confidence that I'd be able to make something work. From there, I, I decided just to get coaching. You know, I, I knew it was something I wanted to do. And I figured coaching would help accelerate, you know, my, my, my trajectory. So bought into the coaching program and not, not only did it accelerate, but I, I think it helped me to avoid a lot of mistakes that, you know, new investors do along the way. I, I picked up some, some great partners or, you know, I, I couldn't really say they picked me up, but uh, you know, we formed four Oaks capital there. There's four of us, hence, hence four Oaks and ended up closing, you know, so far four deals. We, we closed, let's see, today's four days ago on our fourth deal. But you know, the, the first deal was really a fun one and, and a huge learning process. I, I was going very slow in the process. I mean, I was, I was pushing hard. I was calling a bunch of people, calling brokers, you know, cold calling a lot of them. And, you know, I had a, I had a goal every week. I'm like, all right, you know, if I don't get, you know, this many offerings, you know, in my inbox, you know, I'm going to start calling more and more and more brokers. And I was cold calling brokers left and right without a whole lot of success. But, uh, you know, I finally found one or two in, in one of my target areas, which was South Carolina, that were answering my emails and, and sending me stuff. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to take a week off. I'm going to drive down to South Carolina and I'm going to see, I'm going to meet with these guys, meet with as many brokers as I can, tour as many properties as I can. And I get down there and you know, meet with one of the brokerages. And they, they, they walked me through a 72-unit apartment complex, which uh, we put an LOI in but didn't get. But while we were walking through there, they said, hey, we just had an owner sign with us on 55 units that's about 10 miles from here. Do you want to go see it? You know, I was thinking, uh, yeah, I want to go see it. So we toured the property and, you know, it ended up being the one that we ended up getting under contract. So you know, a, a lot of that had to do with, you know, had I, had I not driven down to South Carolina and took the effort to, to do it. And it's, it's about an eight hour drive from here to there. So, you know, had I not done that, you know, I don't know if I would have been in that spot. I don't know if they would have you know, immediately given me that information. So yeah, we, we got that under contract. And then, you know, from there it was uh, just a lot of work to get over the finish line. Yeah, let's jump into that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it, it's so interesting how many people's lives have been changed by our real estate, as far as their real estate careers, by that Rich Dad Poor Dad book. And, and just getting that bug, understanding the the need for passive income and that it is uh, it is possible. But then it, it's so interesting, too, that then you learned about multifamily and it's like, okay, now we can scale, we can, you know, do the, get there faster, right? And you did that. And, and coaching, you know, finding a coach is something like, I guess get questions at least once, maybe twice some weeks about, you know, hiring a coach. Can you give us, you know, fi- give us, you know, one or two quick things about what was important to you and, and how you selected the coach that you did? How I selected the coach is, you know, at that dealmaker event, everybody had a name tag on everybody's name tag. They had little colored flags, you know, talking about, you know, hey, I'm a coach or I'm a coaching student, you know, lots of different categories. But I just went around and everybody who was a coaching student, I would ask them, you know, hey, what, how, how's your coaching going out? Who's your coach? What do you think? You know, so I walked into that event, you know, not knowing what to expect. But after a couple of hours, you know, I started realizing coaching is probably the way to go. And I was hyper focused on that one aspect. 
So I was, I was talking to every single one of the students and every one of the coaches that, that were there. And I was, I was impressed with, with every single one of the coaches in the Michael Blanc network. So basically that was the bulk of my betting. You know, I set up a couple of calls with some of the people who were coaching and said, Hey, now, now we're away from the event. You know, tell me the truth. You know, is that, is that really how you feel or do you have a different opinion, you know, that you don't express in public? And, you know, every single one of them had really positive things to say about it. So yeah, so I, I joined the coaching program and they assigned me to a coach that I had not met before. And I thought, okay, let, I'm going to meet him, see, see what he's like. And, you know, if I like him, go with it. And you might, know, my, my coach, his name is Josh and just, just a great guy, light years ahead of where I am right now. And, you know, we, we got along very well and it just, just ended up working out, working out pretty well. He's a great guy, by the way, I know him also, but you know, I hear that question also about, you know, working under uh, a team of coaches or being, you know, like under being able to speak with the main person uh, himself, you know, whoever that may be in this situation. Did that work out for you? You know, as far as, you know, you had a, like a team of coaches or somebody that you were kind of assigned to under the, the main guy. It did. It did. I mean, you know, I, I think everybody, you know, wants M- Michael Blanc's the face of the business, you know, the, the Michael Blanc company. And I think, I think everybody wants access to him, but you know, I realized that, you know, he, he's at a level where he can't personally coach everybody. So, right. you know, from the beginning, I realized that, you know, he wasn't going to be, you know, my coach. There were various points where, you know, we had direct access to him. And, you know, over, over the course of you know, the years, you know, I, I feel, you know, very confident just picking up my phone and, you know, sending him a text right now. But back then, I think I had the realization going in that it wasn't going to be Michael Blanc. But there's exposure to a lot of the different coaches, you know, and every coach has a slightly different style and a slightly different focus. Um, I think they did a pretty good job, you know, matching me with with who they matched me with. You know, there there was a questionnaire up front that they they had me fill out on, you know, what I wanted and what I needed and which direction I felt I wanted to go. And Josh was also active in the exact same markets that I was in, you know, so you know, when I brought him a deal in Spartanburg, he was like, oh yeah, I really love Spartanburg. You know, when I brought him a deal that we were looking at it in Columbia, he was just like, hey, so what neighborhood is that in? And he had a very in-depth knowledge of, of the exact same cities that I was in. So it ended up working great, regardless of, you know, whether it was, you know, Michael Blanc or, you know, one of the coaches that worked for Michael right. Blanc. What about, you know, getting to that first deal? And, and we all know, like uh, listeners who have their first deal done, the, the second deal happens faster and, and you already have some systems in place. You have a, a so much greater understanding than you did you know, just probably two months before, especially six months before. But, you know, getting to your to that first syndication, getting that across the finish line, what what are a couple of things that you contribute to getting there? You know, the coaching, the the partnership, maybe, you know, part of all that, but you know, help us understand some of the key things that the listener needs to have in place that that helped you to get to that. You know, obviously an understanding of, of how all the pieces fall, you know, come into the process and you know, my, my coach gave me this, this elaborate spreadsheet of A to Z, here's how you close. But there were a lot of times in there where it just took, you know, a whole lot of effort. And I, I think one thing that was key to me is I, I have a very defined date in mind where I have very specific financial goals. I mean, I want to retire on October 31st, 2021. You know, and that date was, regardless of whether I've officially applied for it or not, which I haven't yet, but that date was set in stone, you know, two years ago. So, 
I mean, yeah, we, 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 we got the, the template, the do A, then B, then C, which simplified things enormously. But end of the day, you know, I, I look at that date on the calendar every morning and say, you know, we, we need to get this done. We need to get this across the finish line. And every day, you know, I, I'd look at the, what are the next couple of things I need to do to make this happen? So really, yeah, it was a combination of, of the mentorship. It was a combination of, of the partners who were all, you know, hustling and, and doing their part and just, just the coordination between it. But end of the day, it was that big why that I have. Mm. Love that. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta have a place that you're headed to, right. Or see a vision of, of where you're wanting to go. Uh, otherwise, uh, if you don't have the map and where, how are you going to know which direction to turn? Right. So it definitely speeds up the process as well. Having a coach, having a mentor, I could not agree more. It helps you to not make as many mistakes, right. That sets you back. Uh, but give us some details about that deal and, and maybe what your role was in making that deal happen. So it, it was a 55 unit in Spartanburg, South Carolina, uh, very old building. It's, it's about an 80 year old building, which I, I know a lot of people shy away from. But, you know, my, my role in that is so I mean, if you rewind, when when that came under contract, it was still just me working for me. You know, I had an, an agreement with Eric Shirley, who's one of my partners now, that we would partner with that one. You know, so at the time I was actually quite selfish with that deal, you know, so I didn't want it to be, you know, taken away from me or, or anything like that. So I basically did 80% of the work on that one, you know, for, for purely selfish reasons. And it wasn't until, you know, two months into that where, where I realized that I could trust my partners, you know, I liked them and I could trust them and, you know, gotten to know them very well, where I really started opening back up. So, you know, my portion, you know, I was, I was the one that negotiated the contract, you know, and then I'd reach back to my partners and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. Are you guys all okay with that? You know, I, I, I was the one calling the, the lender. I was the one getting the insurance lined up, you know, talking with the broker. So, you know, I, I did about 90% of the work that needed to, to be done. And, you know, I just asked them, Hey, you know, just, just make sure the capital's there, you know, make sure the capital's there. And, you know, I, I brought in a couple investors and, and they brought in the, the lion's share of the investors. But, uh, you know, now, now the way we do business is, is completely different. You know, we're, we're much more of a team than we were first time getting across the finish line. I mean, that, that really started out as a bunch of individuals. And, you know, after the, the four months that we were under contract was over, we ended up, we, we were a team, you know, so that was, that was kind of our first, first taste of how things worked. So, you know, maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, that's a, another, such a common question about partnerships, right? And in different roles, or how do you do that? You know, how do you, because it's, it's difficult figuring that out in the beginning. You got to have some tough conversations as well, uh, right? And, 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 I, and just be very upfront. And, and so, you know, how did you all say, you know, if you can elaborate on the structure of your partnership or how maybe it even changed, you know, after you did the first deal, you talked about you do things differently now. And so what, what changed? and maybe a little bit on the structure if you can. Well, what we did is we, we looked at everybody's strengths and also availability. And because of my, my you know, I'd like to call it a nine to five job, but I'm, I'm at work long before nine, you know, because of the lack of flexibility my schedule gave me, you know, we, we basically looked at what our strengths were. And, and Eric ended up saying, hey, I want to be our, our acquisitions guy. You know, Eric's very strong at underwriting. You know, he, he's got a lot of very technical mindset. He also had a lot of time and his day job has him traveling all across the Carolinas. So it naturally fit for him to be able to talk with the brokers. You know, he'd get in the car and he had to drive, you know, two or three hours. He'd just 
call one broker after another one. So, you know, that was a perfect fit for him. And up front, you know, I started doing the, the asset management because, you know, I knew the property, the, the, the first property that we had under contract, I knew it extremely well, you know, so it was just natural for me to do the asset management. And, you know, Brian and Todd, between them were doing, you know, all the, you know, the, the investor relations, they were, they're managing the, uh, um, the portals, the websites, you know, everything else. And that, that's how we started. But we, we've gradually, you know, kind of shifted duties again to where, you know, Todd and Brian are actually doing most of the asset management. You know, Eric is still doing the acquisitions. And, you know, because my, my schedule at work changed, you know, I'm, I'm doing most of the, the content, the outreach, you know, which, which includes the podcast that, that we're about to launch. So it's really been a, a dynamic situation. And when, when something changes, we, we come to the table very quickly and say, you know, hey, look, this is working. This isn't working. We need to make some adjustments. Is there a specific way you all communicate or a frequency or a method, anything like that that's been, been useful or productive? At a minimum, it's, it's once a week over Zoom. And that's, that's the minimum. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm calling them very frequently. We, we have a text string. It's not something that we, besides the weekly call, you know, we're still working on the internal systems. You know, every time we have a, a call with either a lender or a property manager, we're, we're taking notes, you know, and, and we've got a, a Google Drive account where we're sharing all that. We have a couple of Google Docs up on each property where every conversation we have is, is, is documented on there. So any, any one of us, if, if we weren't available for the call, any one of us can go to that document and just scroll down and say, okay, this is what was done. This is what was said. This is what was agreed to. So that, that's one thing. You know, we, we've got an investor port, portal. Uh, we use that folio for that, which also has a, a CRM in it. You know, same thing with investors. You know, one thing that's worked well for us with investors is kind of a handover. You know, so if, if I meet somebody who's interested, you know, eventually, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them one or two or sometimes three times, but eventually I'll hand them off to, you know, Todd or Eric who will also talk with them. You know, and, and our goal is, to get them comfortable with the whole team, you know, not just me or not just Eric, but get them comfortable with the whole team. So we'll, like I said, you know, once I'm done talking with somebody and, and they're interested in investing, you know, line them up with a call with Eric and then Todd and then push them over to Brian Mellon for onboarding into the investor portal. So every investor who, who comes in talks to, you know, three of the, at least three of the four oaks. Nice. I love that name too. So, Brian, what's been the hardest part of, of your syndication journey, uh, getting to where you're at now? Hardest part, I think, just been the time aspect. You know, I, I've got a full-time job. And right now, I'm, I'm doing, you know, four days on, four days off. But my, my four ons, you know, I'm spending 13 hours inside the Pentagon. You know, so when you look at commuting time and, you know, uh, how much time it takes me to, you know, shower in the morning and, and whatnot, I'm essentially coming home. You know, I got maybe a half hour before I'm going to bed. So, so we've had to adjust a lot to my work schedule more than anything else. And I think that's, that's probably been the most difficult piece, which, you know, it, that part's going to correct itself in about a year, you know, but, uh, you know, and so, you know, like I said, we've, we've definitely changed how we do things because of that. 
That's convenient that you all can do that a little bit, change it up if somebody's schedule changes or or somebody can't do whatever their task was anymore. Uh, but is, is there any tips as far as you know scheduling that time around a schedule like that? Because I've I've had a very similar path. It's like you know it was like working two full time jobs for a very long time, and and I get that question often. You know, because like, well, how do I have the time? I can't get those things done. How have you done that? You know, it, it's just being deliberate on your scheduling. You know, uh, my, my, my wife knows, you know, we, we have a shared calendar between me and my wife and, you know, I, I know what my schedule is in advance. You know, I have four days where I'm, you know, basically disappear from the world and four days where, you know, I know I'm going to have plenty of time. So unfortunately I can't do like an every Monday thing like we need for some of our property managers or every Wednesday thing. But uh, with, with the four days off, I'm able to schedule, you know, just about everything we need to do, you know, so done, I think four podcasts, five podcasts now in, in, the, in the last two days that, uh, that I've been off. So yeah, really it's just, just realizing what, what time I have available and making, making the best use of it. What's the number one thing that, or that you've recently done to improve your business that we could apply to ours? So I think just starting the podcast, you know, and, and something that you've mentioned to me before is, is how much you learn from, from interviewing people, you know? So we started recording a podcast where we're not quite to the point where we launched it yet. It'll, it'll be launched by the time this show airs, but you know, I've interviewed, you know, half a dozen people and just learning from them and seeing how they do things differently is, has been absolutely, you know, eye opening. You know, every time I, I sit down and talk with somebody, I'm still fairly new to this game, you know, but every time I talk to somebody, you know, I'm, I'm writing down notes saying, Hey, this is a great idea. You know, I'm going to steal that or, you know, borrow that. So for me, it's just been getting, getting around people who are, you know, further down the line than I am and, you know, listening to them, talking with them and, you know, going through, yeah, going through that process. What's the top thing that's contributed to your success? You know, I'd have to say my drive is part of it. You know, I've got a big burning why. I've got five kids that, uh, you know, I've got a Marine Corps career that's coming to an end here real soon. And I've got five kids that I'll still have to support you know, on, on November 1st of, of 2021. So yeah, I, I see them every day and it's just a matter of, I got to make sure that, uh, that they're fed and there's, there's a roof over their head. What's your, your best source for meeting investors right now or for your team? You know, right now I, I say, you know, combination of LinkedIn, Facebook, and bigger pockets. Those are the three forms that I'm on the most. And yeah, I, I say in the average week, I'm, I'm setting up probably, you know, somewhere between a half a dozen and a dozen calls with, with people who are, either interested in investing or interested in, in doing what we do. And how do you like to give back? Well, something I've done since I was, was very young that my parents taught me is, is I give 10% to a charitable organization, you know, and, and the one that I like, like the best is, is my church. You know, they do a lot internationally, you know, nationally and internationally to, to help the people who are, who are less fortunate. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. Grateful for your time on the show today and sharing us really your path to that first deal. And then just congratulations on your all success of doing four deals in a short period of time. You all have definitely created some processes and learned a lot, uh, you know, in that amount of time. Uh, so grateful for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you and your and your podcast. Yeah, the podcast is called Diary of an Apartment Investor. And, and as, as mentioned up front, it's, it's going to be available on Apple Podcasts and all major podcasts. Our website is fouroakscapital.com, you know, and, and you can you can contact us through there. You know, if you fill out the form, you know, one of us will will set up an appointment with you. Or my email address is just, you know, Brian Briscoe. My whole name is spelled out at fouroakscapital.com. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. 
I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.